Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My God, so much happens at band camp. Oh, it was a hot scene. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Golden Bachelor recap listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Nah. Eh. Eh. Yeah. It's been a hard week. Yeah. It's been a rough week and we are overwhelmed. We are juggling a lot of things right now, but before we get going with recapping this episode, I want to quickly mention, because some of you have been asking about this, that I am linking out below a link to a friends and family discount to the opera I am in here with Seattle Opera in case you want to see a Baroque opera. And I'm going to give another disclaimer about Baroque operas, which is putting it out. That they're so beautiful. They Well, they are beautiful, but you know, they're just not like... Italian. Ever. Well, they, it is Italian, actually. But they're not Italian. <laughs> Shall we get going recapping episode three of The Golden Bachelor? Let's do it. Okay, so we pick up with the women sort of puttering around the mansion. This is sort of nice. We see mansion life. But there's a subtly tense vibe. And in retrospect, I think this was sort of the tone for the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell how much of it is music and is forced. You know, a lot of this is sort of uncharted territory. So I'm like, are they getting along? I can't really tell. Or is it the music that's telling me that? We have a girl chat between Kathy, April, Susan, and Nancy. And Kathy declares them to be asking. You're asking, we're telling, she mm. says. That reminds me of those restaurants that just leave out the vowels in their name. Oh, yeah. Or um, like skincare lines. Yeah. Skincare lines do that too. Or, you know, there's a new perfume called My Sylph. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. First of all, it's, it's very dumb. Yes. But second of all- It's trying too hard. Like how could you, with a straight face, go in the store and be like, you know, where where is the myself? <laughs> that never gets old. I mean, vowels are your friend. Yeah, vowels are good. Just taking out the vowels doesn't make you cool. No. Doesn't make your restaurant food taste mm-hmm. better. Doesn't make your parfum more fragrant. Your parfum. Your parfum. <laughs> yeah, your restroom. <laughs> The Bachelor of Coop. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. No matter what word it's applied Any, to. Yeah, try it with anything. <laughs> okay, so the gist here is that the women, it's suggested that they're kind of talking shit or they find certain women in the house annoying and thus why, you know, you're asking, we're telling, we're going to tell you the, the truth, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, the the worst we seem to get here is that Teresa's clothes are small. Yeah, that's small clothes having bitch. <laughs> it's so bizarre. What a strange complaint to have. Yeah, that's such a weird, it's the lamest insult ever. <laughs> and, it but I, and it was, by the way, you could tell that was the closest they've come to insulting someone. Yeah. It was a passive aggressive insult. They're like, what can we do? 
to not really outwardly insult her, but sort of say something that is construed as an insult. And part of me wondered if it was the music, because I I feel like with different music, this could be like, oh, ha ha ha. That's cute. Her clothes are small. Well, but it was it was like a Trojan horse for them not feeling good about her, but she's a front runner for jealousy. It's obvious Teresa's rubbing people wrong. We see that by the end of the episode, obviously. But even this, I was like, so her clothes are small. I can't really tell if that was them, if they even intended this in a negative way. Yeah. It might have just been like fun commentary. It, it might have just been them setting the drama up with something that had nothing to do with the drama. Yes. But I do still feel like there was some very nuanced insulting going on. Yeah. Jesse arrives now and announces that today's group date will be for everyone. Wow. And they're like, woo. And you get a group date. And you get yeah. a group date. And... <laughs> Don't uh, let me stop keep you. Keep <laughs> going. How many of those should I do before it's not funny? I think it's three. Three? So, so I on. think two was enough. Okay. This to me pointed out the sloppy editing that I'm starting to notice. I think for the, for the first two episodes, well, we know that the episodes feel short. Mm-hmm. No one's denying that. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. But on top of that, last week, the group date, not everyone went on that group date, but we're still not even sure. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I know who didn't go on it because I counted the people on it and was, you know, I'm a recapper. I was going in detail looking at this stuff, but they didn't really announce that for us. So I feel like just little subtle context things. This, they're like, it's for everyone. If you don't first plant that seed that not everyone might go on a group date, then it doesn't make sense that everyone's cheering over this. It's just sort of sloppy editing. I think that they're really trying to squish everything in and it's showing. I mean, this was bound to hit some bumps, right? I mean, we can't have all, it can't suddenly be amazing. Yeah. Like every episode. Yeah, and I think that the Bachelor franchise, they're used to having two hours to work with. Yeah. You know, this is a show that's been two hours for a very long time. And I think it's showing in this moment. They're like, oh, one hour? Yeah. That's to make it tight. So he reveals that the activity will be a talent show. And so again, we skip right to the talent show portion. There's no coming up with their ideas or them working on their acts. It's suddenly live audience in a performance space. There's no buildup. Jesse welcomes Caitlin Bristow as a judge. Yeah. We love Caitlin here. Nice to see Caitlin. Friend of the pod. Yeah. And she announces the winner will get a one-on-one dinner with Gary that night. I almost said Jerry. (laughs) I was like, with (laughs) Gary. Sandra tells jokes. She's hilarious. Sandra's the best. I confess I was a little nervous because you don't, they had it set up like it could have gone well or poorly. For Sandra? Yeah. No, I'm never nervous with Sandra. Sandra's born <laughs> to perform in any situation. I mean more that she was the first act. You know, there was no prep. Like I just didn't know how it was going to go. And you, I was really rooting for them. To be honest, I would have been worried for anyone except Sandra. Okay. <laughs> Ellen teaches sex ed. Faith plays the guitar and sings. And Nancy catches whipped cream in her mouth. Uh, Leslie does a dance routine. This is seen, you know, when they always try to have some sort of like shady moment, shady seeming moment. It was pretty tame. Yeah. Leslie did her dance moves and she brought him up there and I guess does a slightly provocative dance, but it's nothing next to some of the stuff we've seen. Oh, on the yeah. I mean, it's, it's tastefully provocative. Yes. And also f- quite athletic. I might oh, add. I mean, she's in unbelievable shape. And then at the end, she's like, I bake too. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. And now Joan. So there's a lot. Look, I want to say there's a lot of buildup to this, but there isn't because it's all so fast. But we were shown Joan seeming nervous and then she goes up and she's... She's visibly frightened. I felt for her. 
Yeah. That's not a good feeling. Oh, that's feeling. A tough. I, I actually was really happy I was on the couch. <laughs> it's so easy to make a fool of yourself. It's hard to not make a fool of yourself. Right, right. It's basically if you don't make a fool of yourself, you've won. Yes. So she reads a poem that she wrote called, I Hope I Don't Vomit on Your Shoes. And she slays. Yeah. It was so great. I was yeah. so proud of her. <laughs> Can I you know, say that? sometimes I feel like the more nervous you are for things like that, the better you do. I feel like you're one of those people. Yeah, if I if I do not want to do that, I do not want to do what they did there. Mm -hmm. But if I had to do it, I would make sure it was decent. Yeah, I think that your fear would not allow you to fail. Yeah, at it would be like life or death. Her composure, despite that fear, was so impressive. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Joan gets the evening portion of the day. She wins. And Leslie in her ITM is sad. But I, I loved this. She has a moment where she says she can be happy for Joan, but still sad for herself. What a mature outlook. You know, I, f I feel like we're used to seeing 25-year-olds just be kind of bitter. And she's like, I can be both. It's true. You can be both. There is nuance. Okay, so now it's the evening. Joan asks Gary why he's been single for a while because I guess it's been six years since six years. his wife passed. She's been single now for two and a half years since her husband passed. What was interesting here is I, I learned something new. I didn't know that a year was considered the magic number. Seems a little optimistic to me. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't speak for that experience, but it did seem short to me. Yeah. One year, like that's not a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I've known people who've dated someone for like six months who've taken more than a year to get over it. Totally. And I mean, he was married to Tony for 43 years. Yeah. So he basically says that the year came and went and that his magic number came and went basically and he was still not ready. Yeah. And now Joan talks about how this experience, her coming there, you know, she's a mom. Her daughter just had a baby 15 days ago. I think yeah. she had said. And this experience, though, is for her. She's finally doing something for herself, which I thought was really a sweet sentiment. Yeah. This became a theme for me with this episode, was watching women later in life and how committed they are to things outside of themselves, people outside of themselves. The freedom to just do what they want, to just go on a reality show because they want to. You know, right. just, just to get time off work or whatever. Like it becomes so much more complicated when you're older. And of course, we see that later with well, Joan. It's like everyone's Michael O'Leo. <laughs> I think it's Alio, but yeah. Sorry. I, I, well, you know him as Michael A. Yeah. The, the last name is not used a lot in our relationship. Gary now toasts to being as excited to spending time with Joan as he's ever felt about anyone. That's a lot. That's pretty That's a major. Lot of excitement. And he says that it feels like the first step of a very strong connection. He gives her the rose and they kiss. And my only complaint is how skimmed over this all feels. Yeah, they're rushing. I want more. I want more of the conversations. Would you say, you want more? <laughs> very good, Andy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Keep going. I want to go where the people go. I want to see what they see. I want to swim where the fishes <laughs> swim. <laughs> I'm very lost. I want to see, want to see him dancing. Dancing. Stro swimming. No, str <laughs> it's not. No, she's already swimming. She doesn't need to swim. Yeah, this no. This is a little mermaid, right? Yeah, very yeah. good. How far he's come. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now it's the next day. Joan is on the phone in tears with her daughter. It turns out the birth was very difficult. Yeah. And she, she had said the night before that she had a, an emergency C-section, I think. Mm -hmm. And basically her daughter needs her. And so she now addresses the group and says she has to leave to be a mom. 
This was, yeah, this was most touching and a little tragic. It's like she made a point of saying, I'm finally doing something for myself. Yes. And then what happens? So herself is not important. Yeah. She has to go for her daughter. Yeah. And I have mixed feelings about this. And I know this is not the, 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 I'm not on the right side of history with this opinion, but I feel like I, I, I want her daughter to be okay. Yeah. But I also hope it was a very serious problem. <laughs> Because otherwise she should have kept it together, I think, because I feel really bad for Joan. Yeah. I, I think Joan's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but she deserved this. Yeah, I feel that. And can I just point out, she's my second wild card to leave because of a family emergency. You know, I don't know if you should pick another wild card. No, I've given I, up I, on I my wild I think it's a bit cards. of a curse. Yeah. Just have I've... some mercy on the cast. <laughs> I mean, that's uncanny. That's unbelievable. Both left for family Marina reasons. Marina and then Joan for family emergencies. I mean, if you had picked them as people who would leave the show for family emergencies, that would have been uncanny. <laughs> Don't take away from my streak. Yeah, it just sort of felt symbolic to me that yeah. women at this point in their lives, they're just tethered. They're holding up the fort for other people. Yeah. You know, there are those support beams for other people's lives. And while I think that's really beautiful to have that... Um, and what an incredible sense of purpose. It also made me sad on something. Yeah. This is sort of a a selfish thing to do. Well, and she can't even do that. Yeah. But what about Joan? What Who's about standing there for Joan? Joan? Who's there to hold her up? Yeah. Gary was going to hold her up. I mean, maybe. I wonder, did she think that there was really something there? Would she have left? I don't know. She's oh, alone. I think she thinks there was something there. And I think Gary really was into her. I think so, too. This was sad. This was very sad. I felt very badly for her. It felt very much like something you don't see on the, I we called I called it the regular show earlier. What do you call it? The non-abnormal bachelor. The abnormal bachelor. So Joan tells Gary now, and he says he was dancing that morning because of his excitement over uh, her. Uh, I would have liked to seen a video of that. He says they share a moral compass, but that he understands and is so disappointed. And he says, I'll be with you. Mm. Mm. Can she not come back? I think once you leave, you leave. <laughs> I think it's like those clubs where you're like, no, no reentry. Yeah, yeah. Which I always wonder, like, if I look different, I think I would get reentry. No, I think if you look the same, you should get reentry. No, no, no. I'm saying if I looked like a, like a, like a very attractive younger woman. <laughs> Yeah, when I, when I'm going I, more drastic than I was expecting. Well, when I get that line, I generally feel like the, the bouncer's looking at me. He's like, you got in here early when we weren't really like checking too hard. And now that you're outside, that's where I want you to be. Oh. So I'm going to say that there's no reentry. But if you look different, there'd be a heavy reentry. What a funny industry that is. You know, funny, but don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, oh. Wait, don't hate the game, hate the... No, hate the, hate the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stick with the game. Just hate the game. But yeah, I mean, these bouncers are just, I mean, their job is to keep the place looking a certain way. I don't know how I I feel about that. Like, that's really It's very superficial. It's so superficial. And I also wonder what the, you know, you get hired for that job and your boss is like, so here's how it goes. This is who we want in here. Yeah. And you're going to look people up and down and decide whether or not they get to enter the club. Do you think that still happens or Absolutely. Are we, is this a dated perspective? No, this definitely still happens. That's why people keep going to the place because they want to go to see the crowd that they want to see. Mm. And I'll tell you, if those bouncers don't do their job, they get replaced. That reminds me of that restaurant. It's closed now, but it was in Union Square called Coffee Shop. They were oh, under yeah. fire for- Now a Chase Bank. Isn't that fun? But it, they were under fire for a while for strategically putting better looking people in the windows and oh. on the patio. 
<laughs> oh God. Okay. I, so, <laughs> it's a business. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Okay. So now this is my personal flashpoint. I'm bringing back the flashpoint. It's Joan's exit interview in her limo on mm-hmm. the way out. She says her heart got a little fix. And as you get older, you become invisible. People don't see you anymore. You're not as significant as when you're young. Oof. Uh, yeah, dagger, heart, twisting. Twist. So brutal. And she said it so simply, and you know it's true. I've, I've been reading this book. We have her coming on soon, Ruby Warrington's Women Without Kids. But she talks about this, how there's no place in this in our society for old women. Joan just saying this, it was so brutally honest. I also love that they kept it in. You just do yeah. not hear this kind of perspective on this franchise ever. I mean, that ever. was real hard truth. Yes. And it says something about our society, like there's something wrong. Yeah. And that's only going to become more of a problem, by the way. Yeah. As we keep living longer and fewer people have kids to support the aging population. It's, yeah. well, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And at least in Japan, they respect their elders more. I mean, that's I mean, how here, it, here it's a little spotty. Oh my God, spotty. They yeah. don't at all here. Yeah. I feel like there's disdain for the elderly here. There is some. There's I a think. lack of respect. Yeah. I, I feel agree. like I see it every day. You know, it's funny, but when I look back on it, all the older people who told me things when I was a kid, they were all right. Oh, like which thing? It takes one to know one. <laughs> Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> so now in the mansion, Michael Costello arrives. I had a big reaction to this. You clearly didn't know who he no was. No idea. He's a really big deal. No, I'm sure. What does he do? What brands does he have? Well, he has Michael Costello. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, he designs a dress, let me tell you. And he's as big a star as any star designer we've had on the show in general. This is a big deal. In fact, usually when they have these dress designers, I'm like, I don't know who that is. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like when they got the cranberries. Yes. And no one cared. We had a full conversation about that the other night. Yeah, that was insane. The yeah. cranberries were a big get for The Bachelor. Yeah. And, and they, it didn't no seem to fanfare. get... They didn't seem to get the attention I no, felt it same deserved. attention as all the other people you, like one person knows who they are. They sang zombie on a date. They sang zombie on a day. Yeah. That's like the most one of the most iconic songs of the 90s. I agree. Okay, so Michael Costello, again, little things like this. It feels budget. Why didn't they go to Michael Costello's showroom? Instead, they just took the same room where all the rose ceremonies are had and just lined up dresses in there. I'm like, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't well, think they had time. The whole season just feels like it was thrown together, in which case, I guess, kudos. Yeah, I don't think they even thought this was going to be a thing. I'm, I'm telling you, I think this was a joke for a few years. And then they're like, wait a minute. You know what? Maybe we should actually do this. I think that they had laid down the groundwork of casting and then they came out of COVID and all of a sudden we had the writer's strike and there was no regular programming. So ABC was like, we need more reality. Yeah, that's what it was. And it was like, go. And so, yeah, Michael Costello's had a showroom in the Bachelor Mansion. <laughs> I don't know why I have such a problem with that. I just, you know, for the princess date, this is a princess date. I like the idea of them really going there. She's driven in a limo to the showroom. She's got the champagne, all the things. If anyway. you had that stuff, then you wouldn't have the drama. They would have had to cut something. They only have an hour. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, he tells them that it's Ellen chosen for this princess date. Nice. And I thought it was cute. Gary said that he felt that Ellen never treats herself. Oh, right. I think how that's does he what he know said. That? And here we get Word Watch 1. Ellen says, tonight's going to be an amazing fairy tale. There Indeed. it is. People doubted me. Although some people said it's two words. That's true. What do you have to say for yourself? You know, that was a really strange hill for me to die on. I don't 
don't know if you did die on I it. I didn't die in it, but I, I, there was a battle on the hill. It was small. It was a skirmish. <laughs> and, I, and I was mortally wounded. All I'll say is that when I write fairy tale as one word, I'm not autocorrected. I think fairy tale can be one word. <laughs> you got to look in the camera and just say that. <laughs> okay, so Ellen emerges in a Michael Costello fuchsia gown. She looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do wish her hair had been up, but oh, I, 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 think, I don't know if they're doing their own hair or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to mention no. it. But uh, Gary and his ITM said that the thing that completed her outfit, like she was already beautiful, but her smile completed mm-hmm. her outfit. It's the little things. I don't picture a man saying that today. No. I mean, Gary does say the right things all the time, more so than other men of his generation. Okay. But but yeah, there is definitely a generational gap. Yeah, there's more of just like, wow, her smile. Yeah. I just don't feel like guys do that anymore. Yeah, I think there was just more value placed on words. The further back you get, the more value is placed on words. Okay. Yeah, they just keep going back, back, back. You get to a point where every word out of someone's mouth has value. Okay, there's no filler. There's no filler. That's why now the like, you know, like or you know, yeah. I, I think I just said like, <laughs> like, I said like, 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 you know, which, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm oh, guilty as charged. You just said you know again. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like guilty as like charged, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry. And it's easy. But I do think that that's a symptom of the fact that we don't value words. Mm. I hear it all the time. I hear people with confidence saying nothing and they're like, nailed it. I can tell. I can tell. They're like, oh, I just said all the good stuff. And I'm like, you said nothing. And also just that he was noticing that she was smiling so radiantly. I just, it just makes me wistful for a different time. I just feel like there's more noticing of the little things. So on the date, Ellen asks Gary what his wedding day was like. And he says he can't remember. Wow. Which is shocking. And also. I thought everyone remembers. Yeah. And also it's, it feels odd for him of all people. It's like, how can you not remember? But then at the same time, I'm absolutely obsessed with the honesty in this oh, yeah. answer that's the most gary answer in its honesty yes yeah because you would imagine the most the gary answer would be like oh well it was this this and this i remember every detail but he's like oh i can't remember like their life together was so good that he's like oh yeah the wedding day yeah mm. this was really sweet and she reveals that she met her husband at 10 years old at camp in the catskills and they were married for 25 years camp in the catskills that's old Andy. school that sounds like where you might have gone <laughs> I'm not that old. You went to camp. I went to camp in um in in Maine. Oh, I thought you went upstate. No, Maine and Vermont. Oh. I went to music camp. You went to band camp? It wasn't band camp. <laughs> it was classical music camp. Oh. Very similar to band camp. <laughs> and you were playing viola? I was. Okay. And how was it? Uh, it was, it was, it was lovely. I, I was, I was, I think, uh, a big hit at music camp. <laughs> really? Yeah. How so? No, I mean, I, I kissed a girl at music camp. Oh, was that your first kiss? My first kiss ever at 11. My God, so much happens at band camp. Oh, it was a hot scene. <laughs> <laughs> the music is the least important part. I feel like I missed out on band camp. Yeah, I'm surprised you never went to band camp. You seem like a real band campy kind of person. I do seem like a band camp person, but no, yeah. I went to regular sleepaway camp. Oh. I went to Camp Towingo. Maybe some Canadians will know that one. Towingo? Towingo. T A W I N G O. It was great. If you don't, oh, if you don't know where to go this summer, go to Wingo. <laughs> 
Okay. Band camp. I missed out because I never had a kiss at Camp Tawingo. Yeah. Although I, I did wait another five years for my next kiss. Oh my God. Did you have better game at band camp than in real life? I had tremendous game at band camp and then high school hit me in the ass. Oh my God. You were like the cool kid at band camp. I, it I, changed everything. It altered my perception. I was like, I'm going to be the cool kid forever. And then I got <gasps> to high school in New York City and they were like, loser. And then you were like, I know what it feels like. I'm going to be that again. Yeah. I'm going to be cool again. I, was, I, 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 I totally. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get back to band camp God. at all costs. Oh, I mean, it wasn't weird. It was sick. It's just, I just, you know, tried to make friends. <laughs> okay. So Gary gifts Ellen Neil Lane earrings. And they- How'd ride- you know they were Neil Lane earrings? <laughs> and they ride in a hot air balloon. And by ride, I mean, they are strapped down. The balloon seems to be strapped down. And they yeah. Just but lift. I tell you, these hot balloons, they're a, like a death trap. Are they? Oh, you don't want, you don't want contestants riding off in a hot air balloon. I think in the old days there was there was a time on the bachelor franchise i swear you guys fact check me if you think i'm wrong i swear there was a time where a hot air balloon ride was a hot air balloon ride and then something happened i don't know like it became more dangerous or they realized how dangerous it was and they started strapping down the hot air balloons i mean there was a time when i used to go to the playground and every time i came home i had like like literally gashes to the bone oh that 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 you should tell them about that 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 um documentary Oh, um, Action Park. Yeah, Andy actually went to Action Park. Oh, um, <laughs> they're going to know. I mean, well, they are. I'm assuming people are, are of my generation are watching this, this show. Because okay. It's golden. Yeah. Silver, golden, whatever. It's different metals. But um, Class Action Park. Oh, highly recommend. Class Action Park is amazing. Action Park was a uh, amusement park that opened in the 80s. In New Jersey. In New Jersey, and when I was in high school, like a sophomore, freshman year, sophomore year of high school, I was like 15, 16 years old. Me and my friends went to Action Park at the peak of its unsafety. Mm. And I am telling you, it was terrifying. <laughs> and this is for, I was like at the age where I wanted to do the craziest stuff. I didn't care if yeah. I got hurt. You I, I, I was invincible. Yeah. And I was at this park, like, literally, like, people are going to die here. Oh, This God. is insane. Ugh. And anyway, it's all true. So Class Action Park, absolutely fantastic documentary, and all of it's true. Okay, so hot air balloons, apparently dangerous. Because I think, when I think of Matt James' season, he had a hot air balloon ride, and I remember being strapped down. Okay, so overall, I like this date. I wrote, but it, again, so rushed. We pretty much get the rose giving in a montage. It's like suddenly she has the rose, they're they're kissing. Well, it's suddenly over. It just felt really rushed. And I knew that something was coming. In fact, I said, I feel like they're building up, for, like they're saving minutes for something else. Mm. And I had a bad feeling. And my bad feeling was unfortunately founded. Because back at the house, we see footage of Teresa telling Kathy how magical her date was with Gary. And in her ITM, Kathy says that she thinks Teresa thinks that she's got this. She says that Teresa's eyes say, you don't have a chance. Mm. I have mixed feelings on this. We'll keep going. So now they're getting ready for the cocktail party. They're all ready to go, but they're awaiting Gary. In this moment, April says to the group that if there is an intimate moment, keep your mouth shut. Ooh, damn. And Teresa's like, yeah, Teresa's starting to feel the heat. Yeah. Okay. So now it's the cocktail party. Faith has one-on-one time. I wrote, this is the most, uh, I guess, what do you call it? Fake bachelor or the other stuff, the other show? The, the, um, 
Oh, oh, the abnormal bachelor. Okay, this is the most abnormal bachelor one-on-one time I have seen on this season. It just felt very like, I like doing this and I like doing that. No, 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 no. We have so much in common. Make out. Yeah. And in this moment, I was like, I don't know if Gary's as into faith as he was in the beginning. I also agree with this. Teresa confronts April about the keep your mouth shut thing. And April tells her to take it up with Kathy. Mm. And now we have Kathy one on one time. She says she's having a hard time. And the past day she's had, quote, a lot of meanness. Mm. And he asks if there's someone in particular being mean. And she says some people aren't necessarily what they seem, but she doesn't want to talk about that. She just wants him to be happy. She doesn't want him to get duped, basically. She just wants him to have suspicions about everybody except (laughs) her. (laughs) And he's like, that's so nice. Yeah. And then he's like, stay right there. And he runs off and comes back with a rose for her. That was a little weird. Oh, which part? Just the, the, her getting a rose for what happened there. I didn't feel like that was a necessary rose. Like, I agree, but I think that Gary just, he was like, oh, she's having a hard week. How can I make her feel better? Because he's a nice guy. Yeah, I feel like this was more polite than meaningful. Like he was just but being a gentleman almost. So many of these roses are though. Yeah, especially with this show. Yeah, I mean, versus roses with other shows. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel a romantic thing here. I feel like this is a friendship rose or like consolation rose. Totally. I do not picture Kathy going anywhere. And I think she knows that deep down. And I think that's kind of informing her behavior yeah. in this episode, at least. And look, I like Kathy. I think she's a straight shooter. But should I, should I say what I think now or should I wait? I'll wait. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Teresa asks to speak with Kathy. Kathy tells Teresa that her saying she has a strong connection with Gary sounds possessive and territorial. Yeah. And Teresa's in tears. I mean, she pretty much breaks down because she feels really bad. And Kathy's like, don't, don't do that. You're not the victim here. Like she really holds her to it. It's very like, it feels almost like, like mother, it I don't, feel, it feels, you would not expect them to be the same age. It feels like, like disciplinarian third grade teacher. Yes. Like I remember getting scolded like that. You know, I once got my mouth, this is an unbelievable memory. Have I spoken about this on the podcast? I don't know. Like, I feel like this today, this person would be in, in prison. Oh. But when I was in first grade. Yeah. I, I swore. And uh, the teacher used to always say, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap if you swear. Uh-huh. But I always thought that was, even back then, I was like, that's just a thing people say. It's an expression. And I'm not kidding you. I think I dropped like an F-bomb or something, or maybe even it was just shit. (laughs) And uh, she took me in this bathroom. And by the way, the bathrooms back then, in those days, (laughs) the the ancient times, Uh it it was just like they painted over paint, over paint, over paint. You You know that look where it's like, it's so many layers of paint they've painted over instead of doing a proper scrape job yeah. that it's almost got like, like shape to it. It's got like bulges. Oh yeah. It's textured. It's disgusting. It was like lime green. It was a cold, it was disgusting bathroom. She went in there with ivory soap. Ooh. Not even like a nice, you know, good, like Like, natural, gentle soap, (laughs) ivory soap. Went right in my mouth and washed my mouth out with soap. Wow. And I remember it was the most horrifying thing I'd ever experienced up until that point. Oh, because it tasted bad? Or it was, it was humiliating? horrible. If you ever put ivory soap in your mouth, no. try it. I'm okay. Yeah. Anyway, she just, you know, went on her merry way. Now she'd be like, that would be like the, front, the, the top well, story in the news. It's funny to think about. I feel like now the kid would go home and tell his parents and then the parents would call the school and there would be a whole thing. Oh, I honestly think I went home and did tell my parents and they were like, eh, whatever, you deserved it. (laughs) Okay, so I feel like I can talk about the Teresa-Kathy thing now. I personally feel like Teresa is the type of person 
who is just, you know, as Kathy sort of suggests later, she doesn't really realize what she's doing. I think it's important with that behavior to realize the intent and that it's not malicious. I feel that Kathy, if it bothered her, she should have said something in the moment instead of making it a thing. Yeah. Like if it bothered her as much as she, she claimed that it did, I think she should have said something at the time personally. Yeah, who's I, t- whose side are you on in this? I'm a little confused because I'm definitely not on Kathy's side. Okay. Because Kathy does remind me of the woman who washed my mouth out of Ivers. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> reason number one. But I think that Teresa is Teresa. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, Teresa. sorry. No, it's a lot funny. of names. She, I believe, might have not read the room well. I don't think that's her strong suit. Yeah, but she's not malicious. It's so clear that she's not malicious. And I don't think it's any like narcissism. It's just like, she's like excited. She's like, oh my God, I have this thing with the guy in the show we're on. With yeah, this, yeah. The main guy he really likes me. I think we have a thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's kind of like Brayden was totally. on charity season. I don't think he was being an asshole. I think he was just like, wow, I kissed the lead on yeah, the yeah. show. We're all on the show. It's like a game show. Yeah. It's like high-fiving someone who won more money than you on Jeopardy or mm-hmm. something. The bad guy here is definitely Kathy. I don't uh, want to say bad guy because I, it would be annoying in that situation when you consider why they're all there. Like that uh, hidden camera footage of Teresa telling Kathy, she was like, it was so amazing. We were talking about the future, blah, 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 blah. But I think depending on your mindset, like I was told things like that by other people on my season and I wasn't like that bitch it was loaded what she said like the undertones of what she's saying is that I don't have a shot it's just like again it's insecurity it's like if you know your place with Gary if you feel confident with your place with Gary why do you care what other people say well I think you a don't have to tell people about it like Teresa did and b you don't have to react the way Kathy did I think Kathy is deeply insecure in this environment well that's what I'm saying yeah but I what I'm saying is I don't know how confident Teresa is either Oh, I don't think Teresa's necessarily confident, but I think the, at least Teresa isn't being malicious and yes. like making other people feel terrible outwardly. Yeah, I think that this was so blown out of proportion and I have no one to blame for that other than Kathy. I know that Teresa threw the first proverbial stone by telling her about it, but you could tell in her ITAMs she was so caught off guard. She's like, I have a really good relationship with Kathy. Like, I think she felt very close to Kathy and felt that she could confide in her. That's what's sort of heartbreaking about this is like she just thought that she was a safe space. I don't think she was going around telling everyone that. I agree with that. And I'm kind of surprised with Kathy has like resting, I'm going to yell at you for trying to cut me in line at the grocery store face. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think that I would have confided in Kathy. Oh, okay. That's an interesting She always Doesn't she always have that kind of look on her face? Like I'm either going to talk shit about you or I'm going to tell you you're doing something wrong or I'm not happy about your situation. She has that look. Well, it's hard to say because, I mean, this is really all we've seen of her. Like, Mm. I don't know if she would like her edit either because I'm sure there have been moments where Kathy's been really maybe gentle and kind and all the things. It's just this is her main showing so far. I know that Teresa maybe made Kathy feel even more insecure than she was already feeling. But I just think the intent matters. And I don't think that she deserved to be talked down to in this way. Absolutely not. And talked about behind her back. I don't know. I just don't think she meant harm. I 100% agree. So Faith goes to comfort Teresa because Teresa goes off to cry and Gary somehow finds them. I think he was sort of nudged in the right direction. That's a a nudge. And she tells them that apparently everyone thinks she's boastful. And I had to point out the use of the word boastful. Yeah. Because I don't think you wouldn't hear that today. No. It's a great word. word. Great word. And he says that if she believes in her heart that she hasn't been boastful, then she should let it go. 
What mm. great advice. Yeah. I wish I could follow that kind of advice. <laughs> okay. It's suggested in his ITM that he thinks this could be a stumbling block for the relationship, but I don't buy it. At the rose ceremony, I have to point out Sandra, she's my best dress. She's wearing a navy off the shoulder ruffled gown and notably an updo. And it looks great. Sandra could do no wrong. She really can't. I just want to see more of her. That's why we need two hours. I I almost want to see a spinoff with just Sandra. I would watch that. And Natasha. She's a star. Natasha. Natasha and Lona wanted chairs at the the rose ceremony. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So going home are Edith and Christina. Andy, we were way off with our Edith prediction. We both had Edith pretty high up. We thought that she was going to go somewhere. I didn't have Edith in my top four. Ah, let's, let's see, shall we? You had Edith in third. Wait, what? On night one. On night one, but what about last week? Oh, well, we we always base it on night one. Oh no, night one doesn't count. Night one's a (laughs) crapshoot. I know, that's the point. Oh. You can't, you can't base it on what you think after you watch the editing. Oh, I see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. So Edith and Christina going home. And now after the rose ceremony, I think this is an interesting scene to have caught. Teresa asks Kathy if she had a nice time with Gary, which I think is interesting because what she's saying is like, let's chat about our time with him. Yeah. It's like girl talk. And I I, I think that Teresa is just a much more open and less insecure and less nasty person than Kathy. Does that mean? I don't mean, I don't mean to say just because I said those things doesn't mean Kathy's all those things a lot. She's just more than. I think, I think Kathy's just a little harsher, more than a little. She's harsher. She's a harsher person. I think it was an invite. She, Teresa gave Kathy to talk about her time. Yeah, yes. She was like, look, look, I want to hear about your time. I don't care. Totally. Kathy says that she was crying the whole time, but Gary was such a nice guy. And Teresa's like, oh yeah, he was so nice. Like he even found me, I was crying earlier and he came and found me in the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom. And Kathy pounces on this and she's like, the bedroom, like that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Well, what? Okay. 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 I got to tell you right now, the bedrooms on the Bachelor Mansion are not normal bedrooms. It's not like, oh, wow, he found me in the bedroom. Yeah, in the boudoir. Yeah. Like yeah he it found was... her on the bottom bunk of a five <laughs> bunk room. Yeah. And there was just crap everywhere, yeah. clothes everywhere. I don't really think that it's the bedroom scene. Yeah, there that's was been no painted. like romantic music playing as he strolled into her bedroom. Yeah. She just happened to be in the bed. <laughs> At the bottom bunk. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that Kathy in this moment was like, that's the thing. Because I think that's what she should have done in the first place, frankly. But I I just, this doesn't bother me. Teresa doesn't annoy me. No, I I think it's it's pretty weak. She says in her ITM that she she can't tell whether she's just clueless or dumb as a rock. Not very nice at all. I think... If she wanted to do something in reaction to this that was disapproving, it could have been just a very subtle eye roll. Been like... Oh, I think what she did was the right thing to do. I just don't think she then needed to talk about how she thinks she's dumb. Oh, you think she should have called her out at the rose ceremony? I think, well, she didn't do it publicly. She was just like, that's the sort of thing I'm I'm talking about. She pointed out in the moments that Teresa could be like, oh, I do, this is what I do. And I think Mm. that's fine, but I just don't think that she then needs to talk about her more. And look, that ITM, the dumb as rocks ITM could have been from before their yeah. conversation? I don't know. But it just seemed harsh. Like, let it die there. You've told her what you think. Let it go. But I also think that she talked about how she was crying and Gary was consoling her. Like, what the yeah, difference is that it was in the bedroom? The bedroom? Yeah. the bedroom? 
I don't agree. I don't agree. I think that this scolding at the Rose Army was unnecessary. And I think the ITM was unnecessary. I think the whole thing is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Let her talk about it. The whole point of the show is that you should be thinking about your connection with the lead. Yeah. Period. What it goes to show is that some of the feelings, the emotions had on the show are... They don't discriminate based on age and experience. That's true. Jealousy is a, is a powerful thing through the ages. Mm. And insecurity. Okay, so now it's the credits. This is Kathy and Susan joking about Susan's gas <laughs> and debating if it was the guacamole or the meatballs. It's always the meatballs. This was cute. And Nancy, this made me really like Nancy. She oh, makes yeah. a surprise appearance being like, oh, it was definitely the meatballs. <laughs> That was pretty damn good comic timing. Is that on a, editing and her? When you get older, is that a thing? Like, wait, gas? what are you looking at me for? No. <laughs> okay, Andy, that brings us to our A game. Who is your winner? Joan. Joan. She left us too soon. Joan, why did you leave us so soon? Oh. <laughs> you should have stayed one more night. <laughs> then you and Gary could spoon. Okay, so Andy, the word watch, there was one fairy tale and how many correct guesses? 169. And our winner is Terry Welshans. Congratulations. You are the winner of $150 to spend at Frankly Apparel. Please email us by this Monday at midnight to claim your prize. And Andy, what is the word for next week? Drama. Ooh, I think it says something that that's now the word. Yeah. I got to say this whole episode, it, it was a little too... Drama? Mm-hmm. It was a little too much like The Bachelor we know and felt, only sometimes love. It felt like the same formula. Yeah. But I have a feeling this is just a quick pit stop. And then we'll get back on track. I hope so. And I will at least say that it didn't feel goaded on. Like, okay, I think Kathy was goaded on in her ITM room for sure. But I don't feel like this was all created by some artificial thing, like producers sending in three new women or something no. like that. You know, I do think that it started from something that happened naturally. And that's why I'm not as irked by it. But it just wasn't as feel good as the first two episodes. It and wasn't. I think that's what we all want right now. Isn't that amazing that we don't need drama? The drama detracts. So if you would like to join in the Shandy Word Watch fun and have a chance to win a prize, then you can guess the number of times the word drama will be uttered in episode four. You must do so using the numeral and you must comment either below this YouTube video or on the Instagram post for this recap. Do not DM us. Do not email us. People still like to do that. And if you guess correctly, you will be entered in a draw and then one name will be randomly plucked and that person will win. And we are going back to the week one prize, $100 to spend at one of my all-time favorite Etsy shops, Furano Studio. Literally every piece of jewelry I'm wearing today is from there. A correct usage of literally. <laughs> Yeah, super cute jewelry and yeah, 100, 100 bucks to spend. All right, let's move on to our predictions, Andy. Who is in your top spot? I'm going Ellen all the way. Yeah, I also have Ellen. I think it's obvious that they have a comfort level, mm -hmm. which I think is something you mature into really valuing. And uh, who do you have in your second spot? I got to put Teresa there. Okay. I'm, I'm not buying this drama BS. I also still have Teresa in my second spot. Yeah. I thought that he was completely not phased by what was going on. Oh. I, I do not think that he was like, huh, I see her differently now. Oh, no, I actually think that they may have thrown this in because they felt Teresa was becoming too strong a leader. Mm. Okay, and who do you have in your third spot? I'm sticking with Nancy. Okay, so far you're the exact same as last week. 
I have moved things around a bit. I have faith in my third spot now. I think that he's more interested than Leslie, who was in my third spot last week. I think this is really a race between Ellen and Teresa, personally. Who do you have in your fourth spot? I'm sticking with Faith, but she's clinging on by a, by a fingernail. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to say. We just don't get enough one-on-one time. And that's why I'm frustrated by all the drama. In the grand scheme of things, that was extremely unimportant. And I think anyone watching this season in particular is a little more interested in the one-on-one time conversations, even if it's not romantic. I still want to see him chatting with Susan, who I don't think he has any romantic connection with. I feel like it shows... A, a deep, I've said, I said this with a BIP recap, but a misunderstanding of what we want when we tune into this show. That's not why we're watching Golden Bachelor. It's a different formula. Like, let's shake things up. It's not a trashy show. It's not supposed if to I be. If I watch a trashy show, I want to see drama. Yeah. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see anything, but I want to see it just drama off the hook. Yeah. Golden Bachelor is not a trashy show, period. And this episode made me think that they felt that they need to do that. And they don't. And even though the edit makes us feel like this was integral to the development of the show, Mm. I actually think this could have been left on the cutting floor and we would have noticed nothing. I completely agree. And I personally would have just liked to see him chat with like, I mean, Leslie's a great example. Leslie, they keep showing a lot of Leslie feeling a little sad, feeling left behind, feeling forgotten about, but we don't actually see any one-on-one time between them. And so I have no choice but to think she's not winning, but I don't know. No, no. Yeah. And you didn't get to see Michael Costello's showroom. (laughs) Which I'm still bitter about. Okay. Well, Andy, that brings us to the end. I've lost two wild cards. I've just given up. I'm not even trying. No more wild cards for you. Yeah. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, leave us Apple and Spotify, podcast ratings and reviews, tell your friends, and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.